Good afternoon, this is Christy Bellich, or morning or evening or whatever time you listen to this. Welcome to the Firewolf Podcast. Today's episode means a lot because it it's with my friend Jeff King, and I realized listening back that this is probably just like a this is probably just how I would casually talk to Jeff off line or you know if we were just outside of a comedy venue and so I I always forget like I'm learning my voice right now on this podcast thing and it's hard not seeing people face to face and uh so you know it's not perfect audio as I say on most of these recordings but I feel like the the feeling comes across, because um, Jeff is just a really cool dude, and uh, I've been having a really tough week, and I've been really in my head, and I had scheduled Jeff last week, or yeah, last week, and it was kind of perfect timing, because you'll hear his story, I mean, he's he's a retired Marine, and He's been through a lot of shit. He's been on two tours of Afghanistan, and and he's just, he's somebody who's really been through a lot, and he's still one of the most positive, hilarious people that I've met on, you know, in the comedy world. And so I think, you know, I woke up this morning, I sat on what I was going to say for an intro, I really have been soul searching a lot, and I just was like, you know, I've got to kind of make some changes here. So it was really cool to have Jeff on and just think about, you know, what he he's experiencing in Maryland right now, what the comedy scene is going through there. Um, they're doing shows in Maryland right now. I don't know how long that will be for, but it it's it's just an interesting perspective. So I really hope you all enjoy this episode and have a great day. Yeah, hey, what's up, Christy? Hey, man, how's it going? Good, how are you? I mean, I'm doing okay, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it's uh, strange times, to say the least. Yeah, how's it? How's everything in the... Are you guys in Timonium or Hunt Valley? Yeah, I live in Timonium. Just, uh, we live real close to Magoobies, actually. Oh my God! I lived. I think we were neighbors at one point. How long have you been there? Since uh, sixteen. Oh yeah, then we were definitely neighbors. I don't laugh at me. I lived um, in Cockeysville. Oh yeah, I live like just across the road from Cockeysville, basically. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I was um, right in front of. Do you know where the Ashland is? Yeah. I lived above the Ashland. Okay, yeah. Oh, right, right. I've never been there, but... You don't yep. need to be. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Ashland. Okay, so that's like on York? Yeah, York Road. Um, and then right behind me, technically, um, a lot of my driving days going to gigs, I would take uh, McCormick Road. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I know where that is, definitely. <laughs> Like cut uh, through there. So tell me, like, what what have you guys been doing? I see that you do the NCR trail all the time, and it makes me miss Maryland so much. <laughs> the NCR trail is great. Yeah, we take our dog there. Am I on now? You are. I so we're basically on a phone call, and then I upload the phone call to my um to my anchor app. Okay, got it. That's very high tech. <laughs> no, it's actually kind of like this is, <laughs> this is as McCormick Road as a podcast could be. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> right, right. That's good though. No, I liked it. I liked the ones I was listening to earlier. Aww. Uh this is the uh the V one, right? The Firewolf. Oh yeah, the Firewolf right. podcast. That's awesome. Um but yeah, so I guess just since coronavirus haven't been doing a lot of shows obviously. I mean, you're out west, correct? I I legit live right next to the base. I could walk to the runway from where I'm at. Oh, 29 Palms? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> they were bombing this morning, and I was like, I'm packing the jet today. Yay! <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, just firing off some artillery. <laughs> Good reminder. I've been there, but I wasn't stationed there. I was always kind of jealous of people who were so stationed in North Carolina, in Camp Lejeune, which is a, it's a really gross place, just to put it mildly. Why is it gross? I mean, it's in southeastern North Carolina, near kind of near Wilmington, and just the humidity, it's a swamp, obviously. I mean, it's a great place to train Marines. Because, uh, you know, there's beaches, there's swamps you can shoot whatever you feel like in. It's not a lot of people around. I think the Marine Corps has been there for like 80 years or something. Oh, wow. Like, it's good. So, yeah, being in the deserts far preferable to being in the, in the swamps. I do miss, but I do love that area of North Carolina. I guess it kind of sucks when you're late, when you have to actually be out and... Oh, yeah, I mean, right. That wasn't even that. Honestly, that wasn't bad. It was like just Jacksonville, North Carolina, the area around it kind of sucks. Wilmington's nice. You know, the beaches there are beautiful. There's really cool aquariums and museums. You missed, um, when did you technically, are, are you considered retired military? Yeah, I'm medically retired. So I got out in 2013. When did you when did you uh, sign up? Uh, I enlisted in 2008. Went to boot camp that September, and then just did training at Paris Island, South Carolina, for my first three months, and then up to uh, Camp Geiger, North Carolina, in Jacksonville, and then I was stationed near there. And what made you, I mean, I, am I, can I ask all about mm-hmm. the military stuff? Okay. Sure, yeah, fine. Because, uh, I mean, you're a hilarious comedian. And the thing I love about you, Jeff, is you are dark, like your dark sense of humor just <laughs> cracks me. It doesn't matter what Thank room you. you're in. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad some people like that. It's not for everybody. <laughs> Perfect. It works in Baltimore. Yes, it works so well in Baltimore. (laughs) And the thing about you, like when I saw you the first time on stage, I was like, finally, somebody with a sense of humor. Like, thank you. (laughs) I feel like I don't think I'm that great, but I I feel what you're saying. Like, there's a lot of comedians who, and I was thinking about this earlier, and kind of wanted to say it, but people just take the shit so seriously, (laughs) which. To me, seems kind of absurd. Like, I, I like you get a lot of people who worry so much about uh, one line or two lines they might flub on stage. I barely remember things I say. <laughs> I mean, it's a problem. I'm trying to get better at it. But you know, seriously, a lot of the off the cuff stuff, like you just kind of have to trust yourself enough to do it, I guess. And it just comes with time. Yeah, and you you definitely have like a rant style that I really just love. <laughs> it's so good. I've been trying. I mean, I I do try to have it written down, but I feel like also at uh, what was the room we did in December? The one out in Essex. <laughs> Mike Engel's room. Mike's room. Yeah, uh, that was that's yeah. You can just say whatever you feel like there. That's that the room? writer's <laughs> workshop. <laughs> You're the only one. So I was sitting in the corner there, um, and that room get. I don't know how many times you've been to that room, but it gets fucking weird as fuck sometimes, and I love it for that. It's but... always weird, yeah. Uh, what's the place <laughs> called? I'm I'm blanking. We I know what it is. Too. Good times. Good times saloon, or something. Something. 
Yeah, something. Now I have to look it up, Jeff. Mike Dean. I'll have Mike. I'll ask Mike. But I'm you know say what? Good times. Good something. Good something. I I like it there. I mean, I, I've always enjoyed that room. But you're right; it does get weird as fuck because the stage is, I don't know, like 300 feet away from the nearest customer, <laughs> and they're not listening to you. They but kind of not. are annoyed. <laughs> they don't care. It's and great. It's so funny. It's I hosted funny. there one night actually, and. Instead of how it normally was, it was like a whole wedding full of people from Essex and Dundalk. So it was 100 people in the room that still were annoyed by us being there. (laughs) It was my first time hosting an open mic. It seemed appropriate. Could you imagine if after your wedding, you're like, let's go to Good Time Saloon in Essex, Maryland. That's where we need to go. Like... I don't we know. went to the James Joyce in Baltimore after our wedding. But, yeah. Well, the thing was, we knew that they were going to be there because the owner was friends with, I think, the couple or the bride or somebody or somebody in the wedding party. So she said, yeah, we'll have an after party with, you know, the wedding party knowing, oh, yeah, there's going to be this open mic, but that's going to wrap up whenever, 10 p.m. or something. And then – um Instead of it just being 12 or 13 people or however big a wedding party is, it was everyone at the wedding. And they were there to get hammered and probably do cocaine. Exactly. (laughs) Like, oh, you got this insecure asshole telling jokes on stage. Great. It's really – it wasn't that bad. A lot of the comics were really butthurt about it. I wasn't. I was having fun, honestly. Like, there were enough people that were curious enough to watch the show that it made it a little bit palatable, but for some of the comics who've been doing it a while, they were just incredible. They were just so indignant that they weren't, they didn't have their art listened to, which I appreciate. I, I don't ever feel that way. Like it's on you if you want to listen to it, but try not to talk over it. I'm not asking for validation, just a little basic human respect, which I think is probably asking a lot of your stand-up comic. That's why that bar is so perfect to practice your bitch because if you you want to feel super rejected, are you getting hold up? Let me just test. Are you getting feedback right now? I'm not. Are you? Okay. I did, but that's the nature of living in the desert. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I'm just hoping I don't pick up a sonic boom or something. <laughs> we only have the thing that drives me nuts, and maybe you can help me. Um, I don't know if the Marines are fucking with me intentionally, but they definitely low fly over my roof, and I complain about it a lot. Um, and I've called the complaint line a couple times, and uh, they never pick up. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised they even have one. I think it's just a troll that they have one. They know that it's never going to be staffed. No, nobody cares. I called the PX one day. They were like, you could call the general. I was like, who's the general? And then they started laughing at me. And I was like, these fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, you got desert Marines. They're so grimy. Like I said earlier, I'm a swamp Marine, so I can I can say it. Desert Marines are somehow like I think I think all Marine infantry certainly are very scuzzy. And Twenty Nine Palms is largely like I think there's an infantry regiment and some supporting units and training ranges. So it's it's where you go to blow shit up, basically. Oh my God! All the fucking time they blow shit up all the time and it's oh man we get i mean we get like flyovers from middle river air force base here or air national guard i feel like there's low flying jets at least once a week since the coronavirus like they've just used it as an excuse to run military exercises exactly like last week i'm not even okay fourth of july they used it as an excuse to just drop shit into the mountains and, oh, yeah. and run with layers. <laughs> so, 
I mean, I kind of wish I lived there. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Can you smoke? I mean, it's California. Pot's legal. Pot's legal. I definitely smoke a lot of weed out here. Do um, they have dispensaries, like, out in uh, San Bern County? Yeah, they have them in the uh, uh, Desert Hot Springs mm-hmm. and uh, Palm Desert. And so it's about an hour drive, but then they have the Mojave Delivery Service. So That's I don't awesome. really... Yeah, it is, and it's like, but it's too convenient. Like, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, You know what? The way it is in D.C. and Maryland definitely keeps me honest. Like, I still I still do it the old-fashioned way, damn it. So, you know. okay. Wait, I but I'm sure, ask- like, out in California, it makes the ordinance a lot of fun to watch. Certainly, it was fun in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. Because you're like real fucking like you. You've been in combat, and you are a comedian now. And I kind of feel like, like when? How did you transition from you know? So you were 2008. You enlisted. Right. And then did you go to did you go to school in Maryland? I uh excuse me. I got out. Well, I enlisted with a bachelor's degree. For the life of me, nobody really gets it. I I don't think it was a bad decision at all. People say, "Oh, why don't excuse me. Why don't you want to go get a commission, you know, be an officer?" But at that time, I thought I don't have that kind of experience that I like I didn't really think it – I still don't think it makes that much sense that just because someone has a bachelor's degree, they can lead you into combat. Like, I feel like that's something you gotta got to earn. But it's also – it just – for practical reasons, I just didn't want to do it because if you're – you know, it's just a pain in the ass. you got to spend so much time training. I just wanted to be operational and, you know, go do my job. I didn't want to have to train for two years and then go to a unit and then drain some more. It just seemed like it really wasn't worth I mean, I guess it sets you up for all sorts of opportunities and people have to kiss your ass, but I don't really believe in all that stuff. So, so I enlisted. I did my, you know, two deployments. I got wounded on the second one and came home early and then retired. And then I went to grad school for social work at University of Maryland, wow. which – I think that place has produced a lot of stand-up comics. <laughs> University of Maryland? Oh, yeah. I School mean, of Social Work, I, specifically. I think I think there's a couple out there. I know that uh, Jessica Kirsten went there. I don't know. I if don't... It was school... Go ahead. I, oh, I don't know if it was a social work, but I know she went to College Park. Mm-hmm. The Social Work School is actually in uh, Baltimore City. It was nice not ever having to go to College Park. Now, what? Um, so, were you were you in Afghanistan both tours? Yeah. And yeah. so, okay, so what? Like, I know you. So you're. I, I don't know. Like, how do you even? Like the first time you went there, did you want to go back? Yeah. Definitely. After my first one, I didn't want to stick around Camp Lejeune and just waste my life. I, I figured if I'm going to be in the Marine Corps, you go deploy. That's kind of your job. So I wound up transferring units with a lot of other people, actually, because just another battalion needed some Marines to go on deployment with. So they said, hey, you guys are going over here now. You're moving down the road, which was fine. It was kind of interesting. Like, Typically, people stay in the same regiment or battalion for however many, you know, four years, you know, for at least a four-year enlistment. But for us, we, and this is really inside stuff nobody wants to hear, I'm sure, but uh, a lot of us actually wound up transferring to another unit and then going back to Afghanistan, like, after just being home for about 10 months. So it was a really quick turnaround time, which was all for the best. Like when you're in that mode, you don't really want to waste time in 
in North Carolina not doing anything. If you got, you know, eventually you're going to have to anyway. So I think a lot of people are thinking just hopefully it goes well and you get it over with. But I, I, when I first joined or when I was first getting into like the fleet, as they call it, which is like the operating forces of the Marine Corps, I had a guy who'd been there a while because it seemed like we were just training and not doing anything. And I think we were a bunch of us new guys were complaining. And he said, don't worry, the Marine Corps is going to get its two deployments out of you. And, you know, this guy, I never even saw him again, but he was absolutely right about that. <laughs> just how it is. You know, they need you. They need bodies. They need boots on the ground. It's kind of your job. Now, you said something to me that completely, like, it changed my perspective on different things. Because I was thinking about enlisting in the Army out here or the Navy Mm -hmm. when all this COVID stuff started going down. Right. And I decided not to because the Marines pissed me off that much. (laughs) I was just like, fuck these guys. Like, I'm too old. (laughs) Like, it's going to crack, and I'm going to be nice to some motherfucker. No. So I was going (laughs) to – but I – you changed my perspective because you said that these are kind of days that were some of the best days of your life. Maybe, like, it's pretty awesome being in your early 20s or mid-20s anyway, and it was pretty, you know, great place to spend – that and just meeting the best people that I can imagine, people I'm still very close with. But I I think that for you, like you a inspire me so much because I, you've been wounded and you you're so positive. Like you <laughs> you're so fucking funny and you're positive and I just thank you. I don't, like, how, like, when you said that, I was just like, whoa, it was, like, scratch, like, I was like, whoa, man, like, can I ask, like, and I don't want to be ignorant, I just, I just want to ask, like, what happened on your second tour, like, what, like, how did, how did you get wounded, and, like, you know, what was it like coming out of that? Um, I mean, really, just, it was kind of like any other day, except, you know, I got wounded. It was just like what what we did on that second deployment was just foot patrols every day. You go walk around, try to talk to people, see what kind of information you can get. That day, we just went into the wrong building, and there was at least one IED, improvised explosive device. There actually, I believe, maybe even more, but they weren't properly connected, which is good for us. But yeah, I stepped on it. Uh, I lost my lower right leg below the knee and then left leg above and had an arm injury. And yeah, coming out of that, uh, yeah, you know, basically I I stayed awake. So just had to hang around while my buddies put some tourniquets on my legs and arm and uh, waited for a helicopter. They showed up after like a half hour or something. Um, British medevac chopper. Jabbed me in the, in the sternum with some, I don't know what it was, but it was glorious because it put me out for five days and I woke up in Bethesda. And, you know, at that point, just the, the goal became, all right, learn how to walk on prosthetics and get independent and go do stuff. So, yeah, and I was there doing rehab for about a year and a half. If it has been able. Yeah. Uh, Walter Reed is what it's called now, but yeah, yeah. right by NIH. Yep. Oh, yeah. So that was I, uh, 2013? Yeah, I 11 when I got hit and 13 when I got out and went to grad school. And like, to me, it's just, I don't know, like, I don't think you realize how fucking awesome you are maybe you do like you know how fucking awesome you are right like it's just like i i don't know i mean i'm not but thank you i i try to like be cool to people <laughs> and, and good at comedy <laughs> i'm a dick a lot of the time trust but me like, anybody listening is like oh this guy is he ain't shit <laughs> but i mean like i broke my back in 2000 oh. and 
four. See, don't even say that because it's not that big of a deal. Like, I mean, I it's scary though. Like, if it had gone worse, you could be really messed up. You know? Yeah, that's true. No, I mean, back end, like spine, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that's one of those things. I know it's just you know, limbs. Limbs are you like to keep them, but that's the first thing that can go. Lower limbs, especially. <laughs> Which is, you know, and I, you know, you learn to be humble in a place like Walter Reed when you're never going to be the most injured person there. That's for sure. So, like, yeah, and you hate doing that. You hate comparing your life to anybody else's, but, you know, it, it helps you when you're feeling like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, but this other person has these injuries and, you know, they're doing these things, whatever they may be. So it, it doesn't, we all draw inspiration from those more crippled than we are. <laughs> There's a hierarchy at Walter Reed. We call them single amputees paper cuts. <laughs> I have a knee on one of my stumps. So, you know, people give me shit about it. Like, oh, it must be nice having a knee. It's like, yeah, it, it really is. I love this knee. It's me around. You know, and I, you know, you do realize how lucky, you know, whatever you got, you're lucky for. You learn to be grateful. It helps you, um, you know, really. And I think that's a good attitude for comedy. I know another, uh, actually, a guy I, I was pretty good friends with there. He's a comedian now. We're doing a show together, socially distanced, outdoors. He's a triple amputee, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, man, I don't know how, that would suck. I'm lucky to have the hands, certainly. And he's saying, like, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm lucky to be doing these things. And he's hilarious. Yeah, what do you call it? If a, if a single amputee is a paper cut, what do you call a triple amputee? You just don't even really rate to look them in the eye. <laughs> that's why, that's why uh, veterans all have to wear Oakleys. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I just heard paper cut a lot, and I thought it was really funny. I heard that back in 11, like, when I first got there. I mean, we had a good sense of humor about everything. Um, there was a guy who, he was on my first deployment. He got blown up real bad. I believe he was triple amputated. Real, I mean, and the funniest, like, still to this day, the goofiest person, you know, one of the goofiest people I've ever met. And he designed these shirts for us. On the front, it said, like, it was a green shirt, so you could wear it in your camouflage utility uniform. But on the front, it read, Combat Wounded Marine, some assembly required. And on the back, had this ginormous explosion, and it just read, I had a blast in Afghanistan. <laughs> and, like, he was like, when I first woke up, you know, I'm in this medicated haze. This dude wheels into my room. He's like, yo, how many shirts do you want? I'm like, a lot. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, that's what I liked about the Marines, especially. We're really just, for better or worse, we got jokes. <laughs> oh, I needed that laugh, Jeff. <laughs> I'm trying. Man. Well, I mean, you're, I, it makes me sad that, con I mean, well, comedy is coming back a little bit in Maryland. I see shows, like you said, they're socially Ugh. distant shows. And a lot of people are smart about it. Like, and it's hard to be smart when you're doing something foolhardy, but, you know, California probably isn't doing that, right? No, it's it's gotten worse here. It's like, it's like I feel like California is just covered in COVID fleas. Like, if COVID is just yeah, but I mean, I thought that they like. I thought, I thought California got ahead of it, or no? Is that what? I, that may have been what I was led to believe. They were smart. They were, they were doing better, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know if it's maybe people were out at the beaches or what was going on, but now we're we're like steadily climbing in the numbers. So there's just. You know, I'm I'm lucky where I'm at, but people in like LA, it's kind of hard for them right now. I guess like it's right in the city. 
I mean, what do you feel about COVID? I feel like for some reason. I think like it's you... a giant liberal hoax. <laughs> I knew it. I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding. I don't really think that. But I know people who do. So I, what I think is, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty damn contagious, right? I, I mean, I know people who've tested positive and got sick. And they're fine now, but still. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I'm O positive, so. According to modern WebMD science, I'm an immortal, so I'm fine. But I can't rest you are. You're kind of a superhero, Jeff. Like, that's what I feel. Oh, positive blood. <laughs> Just announcing it to the world. <laughs> I'm really sketchy about personal information. You know. I'm very cagey about it. Should be. Sorry, I'm off topic. No, so I mean, you asked me what I think about COVID, though. Like, I mean, as far as comedy or just in general, like, I think it's going to be here for the foreseeable future. I mean, it really looks that way. Uh, I don't know about, I mean, it's becoming the civil liberties issue. And I don't really understand. Like, to me, it, it makes sense to wear a mask and to socially distance, but. As soon as the government starts telling you you have to, it gets sketchy. Like how I feel about anything, you know, most laws, most laws, not all, are kind of, I, I can see the utility to some extent, except for the drug law, it's a scam, but most like, like laws protecting personal property or, you know, your body from harm, like, yeah, I get that. And I guess that's the reason people say, oh, there should be, law enforcement of masks, but it's like, eh, you don't like to see that. That's just where I'm at. I mean, I think people should still do it because it seems to be the smart thing to do. Cover your disgusting mouth that you're going to be breathing out of. It, it just, it's something that people have done for a few centuries. We've been doing that longer than we've been washing our hands, which isn't that long. You have a mask that said it's a blast to be in Afghanistan. I wish. I uh, I don't have any cool masks. Like I mean, I have some, some uh, ones I ordered offline with filters in them. They're probably not that effective. <laughs> I should get one that says that. I know they make them with all sorts of designs now. I know. I saw a Gucci one today. Gucci ones? Yep. You have Gucci? No, I have, I have like, mine are just the blue med masks. That's what I've been wearing or have now. But, I mean, that's uh, effective, right? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, you were at uh, Walter Reed, uh, but I call it Bethesda Naval because Walter Reed to me is still DC Walter Reed. But right. That doesn't then, even exist anymore. Which is so stupid. It's so stupid. Like they could I get have... why they didn't want two big ass bases. It's true, but they could have done so much with that. You know, they they could have turned it into a community hospital or something like that. I think no? they're just turning it into overpriced condos. If I'm not mistaken. That's really sad because they discovered the cure for malaria there. It's true. Could you imagine? Yeah. They did have a lot home? of great. I never went. I mean, I've been there, but I mean, it was more convenient being a Montgomery County native to be in Bethesda. So that was pretty awesome for me. But Walter Reed was, I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of great stuff there. Yeah. It makes me like, it's kind of sad to see a lot of the things change. Um, if my dad he used to take me to the, so my dad, he was the army, but mm -hmm. he, he, he retired when I was 10. Um, and we used to go to the Fort Meade all the time. I mean, I've been to like all these bases around the, the country, but I do, I do miss that lifestyle. I do miss that culture of like being the kid on the base, you know, like I miss that. It but, is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what like what is that like going to? So did you have to move every couple of years? I guess. 
until well, I guess he retired. He was he made it so he uh as he was medic he Right um, Fort Meade and all that, he, yeah. Yeah, he um he specialized so much in 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 uh, he's a uh, you know, I guess he was trained to be combat nurse, but uh, in during the Gulf War, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be deployed, and we were in Augusta, Georgia, at Fort Gordon, and um, he got that vaccine. That um, you know, there's a lot of controversy about uh, the vaccines given and he had a really adverse reaction. So he's technically also medic retired. He's also, uh, retired. Um, he was able to stay in, but he also has, um, you know, medical retirement as well. So the vaccine kind of fucked him up a little bit, but he's okay. Like, he's oh like, man, it's some weird Jeez. shit to him. You know, I mean, <laughs> I could go down the conspiracy. They do track. that. I mean, yeah, yeah that's kind of the thing that <laughs> they test a lot of drugs on you in the military and all sorts of. We had some weird uh, equipment that I'm pretty sure could give you brain cancer, like electronic countermeasures, which for us were these backpacks with antenna on them that would create like a cell phone dead zone around your squad on patrol. So that if someone tried to hit that element with, you know, the the patrol with an IED with remote control from the cell phone, it'll block the signal. I don't know if it really did that, but I know it gives, it definitely was giving me some headaches (laughs) when I carried it. (laughs) I'm lucky I got blown up though. I probably, (laughs) if I had to spend seven months with that thing, I'd have a tumor the size of an eggplant. Yes, I'm so glad. I'm so sorry. I said that. <laughs> I am so happy right now. I'm glad. This is fun. I have not laughed as hard in so long. Oh, it's been so long. Thank you. Okay. Anytime. <laughs> I'm glad that my the cynical things I say. Some people really hate him. I, I, people don't like him. People don't like, believe it or not, social workers don't like that attitude. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Which is why they're, now nah, they're doing the Lord's work. Oh, of course they are. I did have a classmate tell me I was too masculine to be a social worker, which is really funny. It's like, I don't take steroids. <laughs> I'm not going to flip the table on somebody. Wait, I don't really how, know what that means. <laughs> how are you too masculine to be a social worker? I think it was the boisterous manner of speech and body language and the fact that I don't shave and I have a giant beard. And, you know, just generally like, but I don't know where she, I, I think that's that's really funny, honestly, to say that that's a reason you can't be empathetic or be good at that kind of work. I feel like if anybody... I quit for other reasons. I quit because I didn't want to do it. No, I should have. I just kind of fell out of it. It was one of those things. Let the license expire. uh, What kind of social work did you do, though? I did veterans counseling in grad school, and then I worked for the VA for a couple of years, like, just, just as a clerk, really. And then I was volunteering before the COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, couldn't go in there anymore. Are you technically retired now? Like retired? Yeah. Retired? Oh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome, though. Like, I see you out, like, pictures of you just kind of out on trails, and I'm like, I don't know, you look so at peace. Like... <laughs> must be the beard. <laughs> And my dog. Yes. You look like a jolly philosopher. Thank you. I don't, I'm not very philosophical. I know people who are very well read, very smart. I'm not like that. I'm an idiot. 
That's why we do comedy, though, you know? It's fun. It is fun. And it kind of, like, I had been, like, this whole week I've been stressing out about, like, as you said, I'm one of the people who takes things extremely seriously. And, like, dang, that would be perfect. Like, for comedy or for just everything? Everything, but especially for comedy. And it's, like, just, I don't know, just talking to you, you are... You are a social worker. I'm, I feel like you are social working me right now. <laughs> I won't bill you because I'm nice. Oh, thank you. I do, well, like, we don't I, need to complicate this podcast with insurance company <laughs> info. When did you so, did you start uh, stand up? So you said call, was it College Park? Was it their group there at College Park, or did you just kind of always want to do stand up? Wait, say that again, please. Oh, when you started stand-up, did you start at college or at uh, Maryland? Oh, no. I did it in Baltimore, um, year, but years after grad school. I uh, I knew some people that did improv and stand-up there, and I thought that was cool, but I wasn't doing it at the time. I, I mean, I don't know what was stopping me. Like I, uh, I, I didn't do any stand up until April of last year. I went to the sidebar, you know, with uh, Mark was hosting it, and that guy's funny as fuck. He always cracks me up, and he's pretty like free form with his stuff. Like I don't hear him repeat a lot of jokes. He just is funny up there. I like that. I like people who can do that. I can't do that. I have stuff in the can, like most, like most of us kind of have to, but. Uh, yeah, no, I started April of 19 and really just started hitting it, hitting the circuit in Baltimore and then a little bit of D.C., a little Northern Virginia. And then occasionally and, you know, starting to do shows in, uh, in January, February and March. And then obviously we had to take a take a pause on all that. Well, you're really good. Like, you have a natural gift, a natural talent, and it's. It, I definitely like. If I go into the show and see that you're there, I'm like, oh, let me stay and watch this guy because I know that he's gonna. Thank you. Gonna make me laugh. That. Yeah, you're really good. I really love your stuff, and it. Thank you. <laughs> I know it. Like, I remember. You were at like Zismos and like nobody was there, and you just like cracked me the fuck up. <laughs> Zismos can be like, yeah, I'm glad I was able to do that. Like, it must be you. I usually bomb. No, um, I'm glad though. No, it really is. It, it, it always means a lot to you. You know, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing up there. I mean, I, I know what I'm, what I write and I try to keep things memorized and sort of have a plan, but you know, I, uh, like I said, I feel like if I spend too much time focusing on it, I'm going to, I'm going to micromanage whatever I wrote to death. So I feel like I, a can be lazy and don't do that. And that works for me, but also like, if I don't over, because I'm really good at overthinking pretty much anything. So I don't want to do that with a stand-up set, especially now when you don't get to do them very much. I've done two since the vid hit. One was a show at Magoobies. It was recorded. Another I was an open mic I feel guilty that I went to, but I wore a damn mask. Yeah, they're doing mics. I saw that uh, Second Chance is doing mics. Second Chance does them. Wits End does them. People show up, too. I don't know. That's crazy to me. Wasn't crazy enough to completely keep me away, though. I mean, if if there were open mics going on in your town, would you would you chance it? I mean, I've been thinking about going to Vegas this whole week. I'm like, maybe I should just throw my middle. I mean, the last two weeks, it's been, should you go to Vegas or not? Can you do they have open mics there? I guess I would assume they don't give a shit about COVID. There's a lot of venues that don't give a shit about COVID, and so there are those that do and shows that got pulled um, because of COVID very recently. And then there's these 
nudge, nudge, wink, wink, under the table rooms that are just doing open mics, and you can just go in and sign up. And it's probably like no mask, nobody, no social distancing, <laughs> AC on hundred, <laughs> right? I'm sure, and I was like thinking... the complete COVID pit. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing: is I saw Fourth of July. So my friend texted me today, and he sent me a picture of him. Like, and I'm gonna have him back on the podcast, but he sent mm-hmm. me a picture of him. He's like, hey, I just got married in Vegas. And I was like, what? He sent me a picture, no mask. They got married at one of those, like, you know, chapels. And he came from New York City. So, I, and it was during Fourth of July timing, you know? So, mm-hmm. a bunch of people were going to Vegas around Fourth of July, and nobody, I was looking at pictures, nobody was giving 10 bucks. Oh, not even. Like, it's Vegas. On the best of times, they don't give a fuck about anything. That's why we love them. I would, I mean, how far is that from from the Mojave? Only, what, three hours? Yeah, from where I live, like, it takes me a half hour to get down the hill. So, about two and a half hours uh, to Vegas and about 220-something to L.A. That's not bad. It's not. It's not. What do you think I should do, Jeff? Do you think I should chance it? I, man, I feel like if if you do it, then you get sick. Then that's, like, going to be on my soul forever. Well, I'll definitely send you a selfie when I'm in the hospital on a ventilator. Yeah, then you'll probably be sending me, like, astral projections. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, I don't think it's the, the best idea, but if I lived out there, I would be having that same issue. And I'd probably just go eventually. I yeah. probably would give in and just do it. I mean, like, I didn't chance it this week at Whitson. I wanted to. I thought about it. But it's like, I felt bad that I went. I didn't, it's not like I'm going to expose it. I don't really see anybody else. You know, I see my wife. She can handle it. Within? Yeah. That's the so, bar attached to McGooby's. But is that hotel still open? Are they like are people still staying at that hotel? Apparently hotels are not considered risky. But that's also because the the big hotel council probably bribed the C D C to say that. I don't know. I mean I think hotels I mean nothing's really closed down. I mean everything Nothing. I don't know of any businesses really, at least in Timonium, shuttering because of COVID. Like they were gonna, they were gonna shut down anyway. If they did, like most restaurants and everything, you know, they had a little scare, but they're still in business because people. Also in Maryland, they're not really. It seems like they're not really taking it that seriously right now. A lot of restaurants are doing dine-in and stuff. Which, from what I understand, is how it's spread, like sitting in an air-conditioned room with 10 or 15 people. But I don't really know what's going on. I don't know if that's true or not. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's scary, though. Like, I'm worried about my family in Maryland, and my mom's taking it mad serious. She's taking it so seriously. She's, You know, they're both retired nurses. My dad Mm -hmm. could he could give 10 bucks and he's a heart patient and he doesn't give. And that's why I was like, Hey, I'll go to Maryland make sure they're okay. And then once I heard that, I was like, no, they're, he's, they're on their fucking own. Like he can, he's going to the golf course. And it's outdoors. It is outdoors, but it's all these old fucks touching shit at like touching carts. And he drives me fucking, it's gross. The golf course is gross. but I don't know I just I want to kind of ask like when when you started stand-up was it because like what was it just kind of happened or did you kind of always feel that drive and that pull and I've always liked stand-up not like I've never been a devoted fan I don't go deep into the weeds of every stand-up comic, but I've always enjoyed watching it. Certainly have my favorites. And just, it's one of those things I've always been, 
I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm that funny. Although I do make myself laugh a lot. Like, I don't know. I used, when I was a kid, I had like, I would occasionally have these insane laughing, nothing like scary, but like, I would just find shit really funny sometimes because it was, you know, youth and that kind of energy and being kind of a goof ball about stuff. So I found stuff funny. I always enjoyed seeing stand up. But I also know when I thought, what what do I have as an eighteen year old kid from Montgomery County that the world needs to hear? So I never really thought about doing it. Not like they ever really need to hear it anyway. But I really thought I I'm just gonna be such a fool trying to do stand up in my early twenties. Like I would have just felt too self conscious about it to uh to enjoy doing it. But then, you know, 10 years later, my earlier mid thirties, I really just don't care anymore. So it's fun. (laughs) I guess that's the big difference, but I, um, it's not something I wanted to do. It seemed fun, but I just just kind of procrastinated until one day I just, it just kind of hits you like, well, I'm going to do this now. And then I just drove down to, sidebar where I knew there was an open mic and then I was like I'm probably going to go up even though I didn't have anything written and it was kind of fun I bombed horribly like you do at your first at many mics <laughs> and show you know just how it is but like I uh I had a lot of fun and the comics there were really cool I think Baltimore comics are very supportive like the more experienced ones at least in my opinion were just really they were always helpful like I would imagine other places they just won't even talk to you or they try to fuck you over. But in Baltimore, it just didn't seem like that. There wasn't, you know, there's, there's petty stuff because there's people and it's comics. Comics are kind of dicks, but like by and large, there didn't seem to be a lot of like real posturing. I don't know. I mean, there's some, but probably better than it would be in some other places. So that was encouraging. Like some places I feel like they may, they kind of discourage you from wanting to come back. Baltimore open mics were never really like that. Unless you make it that way for yourself, which some people do. You, you see that plenty. But no, I just, once I started doing open mics, I wanted to just stick with it. I really enjoyed it. And then in Baltimore, you stick with it long enough. You wind up, uh, people kind of know you. It's not that big. So if, if you if you get people to like you, however, on stage or off, then you'll get booked. It seems to make sense. It's People overthink it, too. They say, oh, why am I not getting booked? It's like, I don't know. You're probably scaring somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, really. I mean, you probably – I mean, am I wrong that, like, comics kind of come on too strong sometimes about stuff and it probably can be off-putting? I mean, you're you're hitting the nerve because. I'm not saying you. I'm I. No, oh, I, I've had, like I I I'm so glad I got to speak to you today because I'm kind of seeing something from a different perspective here, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm I don't want to personally attack. I I feel bad. No, I'm not I mean, trying to like. knock anything it's just i know the way that you know everybody has their own way to do things too that they're comfortable with i mean jeff i I, this is why i appreciate your positive chipper i don't want i don't want all these people hearing me making a drink sounds terrible (laughs) (laughs) don't judge me you (laughs) You should you should judge me i judge me hard (laughs) well i appreciate that perspective because it's I've had, you know, Baltimore for me, I've had, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Baltimore in general. I think it's because I didn't start in Baltimore. Mm. Um, and it, you know. Where did you start? D.C.? I, uh, no, I lived in New York City for um, oh, nine okay. years. Uh, so that's where I, you started doing stand-up. I started there and I also started in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. What? That's for awesome. It it was pretty cool. Uh, what were you there for school? Right. No, I was there because I tried to commit suicide and I just needed to get the fuck out of the country. 
I mean, you picked a good place to go to recuperate, I feel like. It sounds like a therapeutic uh, island. Yeah, it, a couple it is. Of islands. There are, it's, and it, uh, I, it's interesting, like, military-wise, like, I ended up living on this old uh, place, a uh, mountain thing called Mount Victoria, and mm-hmm. it was this old naval base cut into this old volcano it was like a dead volcano mm-hmm. and so what was cool was on in the daytime i would just walk through these old na- like naval tunnels and then i would uh <laughs> at night go do stand up it was so weird <laughs> like, that's awesome how long did you uh, spend in new zealand uh i was there from July to October of 2013. Okay. Good bit of time. So did you do a lot of open mics? I did. I kind of did their scene there. And then I went to Melbourne. And then I went to Australia. And then I went from there to, I tried to go to the UK, but I had a boyfriend at the time. So I was like, oh, I miss him. I guess I'll go back to the States. And then I, Hmm didn't miss him anymore and went to Portland, Oregon for a month. So it was like, uh, that was my first year of stand-up. That's a a better story than my first year, honestly. (laughs) Good good shit. I mean, I'm sorry you had to go through all that, obviously. No, it's not. It's not that big. Like, I feel like you have gone through, like, real life. Like, out of all the comics I know, Jeff, like, you've really fucking gone through, like, life. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because I just get in my head all the time. And I just feel like somebody like you, you're just one of the realest dudes ever, you know? That means a lot. Thank you. I mean, I, I mean, we all get in our, I certainly get in my head too. So like, you know, just from that perspective, at least, you know, it definitely, uh, it means a lot to hear that since I, you know, I have that issue. I, I really, like I said earlier, overthink a lot. So if whatever I'm doing is right and helps, I'm glad. I don't know. I don't know. So, like I said, I'm self-conscious too. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not doing shit. I know people that are way more inspirational. Well, I think you're pretty fucking inspirational. And I even remember that first time that I met you, like we sit outside of this most for a while and talked and I was like, oh, this guy is fucking cool as shit. Like you just, you have your head on your shoulders. You're very funny. And I, I, I do hope like, I hope comedy comes back. I don't know if it's going to come back this year, but I really hope to see more of you on stage because I feel like you have a range that not a lot of people have, you know? Thank you. I mean, I, yeah, I hope, to, you know, I hope to get back on there with you. I like your style because it makes me feel like I'm tripping out a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. I think there's a lot of, like, Archie. I don't know if you know Archie Jameson. Oh, he, yeah. His shit's trippy. He was in that show, which is very trippy as well, the web series thing. Oh, yeah, that's a great show. I love Archie. He was there on my first uh, show, and he was very cool to me. My first show, first open mic I went to and went on, like, last and bombed, you know. I was very awkward about it. But a sidebar, you know. But Archie was really cool. He's like, man, I could tell, you know, clearly didn't write anything. (laughs) <laughs> Clearly, you weren't prepared. We were having fun, and that's important. I'm like, thanks, man. I really wanted to hear it. That was a very nice thing to hear. It was very nice of him to say that. I'm like, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's a good – it's like the style I kind of like. I can't do it. I get too weird up there. I get mm-hmm. tense and anxious. You got more. I see it. I see there's stuff coming out. Like when you're on stage, like you've got a lot of like what we call chutzpah, like so much chutzpah there. <laughs> My bubby said the same thing. <laughs> well, Jeff, I I really appreciate you coming on today. I wanted to ask, you know. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
this is a little podcast that I'm just kind of learning my way through. Um, I'd love to kind of, if you ever want to come back on, you're Great always time. welcome. Yay! This is, this is fun. Thank you for calling, you know, thank you for including me in this. Is it going to be on Spotify? Wow. It, it's going to be. I know. I don't know how that, that this got passed for Spotify, but Anchor put, uh, passed it for Spotify. It took a while to get passed for iTunes, but it, I got it on iTunes, and so you'll be on uh, Anchor and Spotify and iTunes. And, okay. uh, well, congrats. I mean, well done on doing that. That's that's awesome. You've had this for a few months, right? Yeah, I switched podcasts because of a mushroom journey I went on. They were like, you need to change your podcast and change the name and start a new podcast. And I was like, all right, mushrooms, I'm down. So, I feel like, I mean, that's fair. Uh, it can be... They can be a very uh, – I've only done shrooms a couple times, but, yeah, they really help you get your perspective in order and yeah, make it. decisions. It's awesome. Oh, Jeff, do you have anything – I know you said you have a social distance comedy show coming up. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a couple shows, I, if they happen. Um First one's August 1st. It's Shooters. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, if I, I think there, are, if, I think it's a masked up show, so it should be all right. And then I'm going to be at a Cystic Fibrosis Benefit. In, <laughs> yeah, in Roarsville, Maryland. With so that's a re- that's what I'm really looking forward to. Actually, hold on. Wait, you can do a. Wait, are there people there that can? Is it safe to do a cystic fibrosis benefit during times of COVID? I really don't. I mean, I don't think ever. I really didn't. I wasn't sure. I mean, it's outdoors, so I think that's good. I mean, they've done this before. They didn't do it. I mean, this is the first COVID uh, fundraiser, but they've done this fundraiser before. It's music and comedy, which I think is awesome. So it goes. I think there's a couple different bands that are doing multiple sets and then a couple of comics doing sets in between the band sets. And the way I got onto it is, so there's this guy who is a guru of making wheelchairs for amputees. He plays lead guitar in one of the bands that's going to be there called Stack of Blues. And, you know, he's really, he retired a couple of years ago just to do music, but he's still, you know, he can still make a wheelchair appear out of thin air because he's a magician like that. But he asked me and this other guy, Adam Keys, to, who are both amputees from uh, from Walter Reed to do this show, this benefit show. So should be fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah, that was a really long rambling explanation. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, like, <laughs> no, it's surreal. It's like, yeah, well, this guy who is a really good musician and builds wheelchair wheelchairs got me this gig. Like, there's no normal way to say that. <laughs> I don't think this guy promises to a time when there's a giant pandemic where you're like, okay, it's just funny. <laughs> it's like, I love it. And it's, okay. and it's in, like, Western Maryland, which, I mean, you're from, you're from Maryland, like, Anything west of Frederick is kind of like, I don't know, it's cool. It's, 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 I don't know what to say about it. I love Western Maryland. Glad I didn't go to school out there. I got into Frostburg, but I did not go there. How does that make Daniel? Okay, yeah. So Westminster. Yeah. Is that, that's like, that's like north, right? They consider it Western, but it's more north. Yeah, right. for sure. And uh, it's very interesting out there, but it's also interesting out there in Frostburg, too. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Roarsville is close to, like, Sharpsburg and Harper's Ferry. I can name this place is death. Well, I mean, at least you have good artillery support from 29 Palms. I don't think they're going to support me. They're giving you support. They're very supportive. Fire support. Yeah. It's uh, letting freedom ring and give everyone tinnitus. 
death. You're a ball of laughter, a ball of love. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you show what uh, happens. In a couple of years, we'll all be doing shows again. Yeah. I, I do think that maybe, I don't know, maybe this really is it. Maybe this is the end. Oh, fuck. I hope not. I hope not as well. Because there's just more to do. I know. Yeah, it would happen right when everybody got good at comedy, too. Yeah, it's so bad. Everybody was, re- I'm just going to idealize the past. Everybody at every <laughs> open mic just killed it. It was just laughter every time. That's how I choose to remember it. Everybody Everything pre-COVID was just a big old, a big old laugh riot. Now it's a real riot. <laughs> it's a Rona riot. Rona, Rona riot. Rona riot. There was some riot. There was some good video of them ripping down the Columbus statue in the Inner Harbor. I mean, being small to more, like there's a. 20% chance I probably know somebody who's like, who was there. <laughs> I couldn't tell, but you just make sense. Not that big a town. And there's only a few Columbus statues. Yeah. I hope I get to see you soon. <laughs> yeah, me too. This will be fun. And well, if I ever I... start a podcast, which I need to do. Yes, do it. I'm going to have to have you be a guest. Anchor, Anchor app. You just have to download it, and they have, like, a little chat room. It's just that I'm out in the desert, and the chat room drops for me all the time, so I do this, like, mm-hmm. tape call. But um, you just can record it right there, and they do put it right on Spotify. It takes it took me a couple of days to get on Spotify because I think mm-hmm. they kind of go through your shit, but um, it's not – it's pretty easy. I really recommend it. I think you'd have a great podcast, too. Plus, you, you know, you have you, you have your wife, you have your dog. Like, that's the story right there. That's the podcast. It's true. We're fun. The dog, is his perspective is very unique and interesting. <laughs> really is. He's so funny. Oh, Josh, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been fun. Thank you again uh, for having me on here. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good uh, have a good evening. Much care. Bye. Take care. Bye.